Welcome to Taiwan Brief, a deeper dive into issues facing Taiwan. I'm Donovan Smith in Taichung. Today's show is an expansion on an article I wrote in the Taiwan News. I titled Taiwan Referendums Eric Ju Lost, Hoyoi Won. Though as of recording the show, it isn't out yet, so they may yet change the headline. Okay, so on Saturday, the DPP eked out narrow no victories on all four referendum items. It wasn't an impressive victory. In spite of polling showing wide disparities in support among the referendums and suggesting that the referendum on reimposing the ban on ractopamine pork would pass easily, in the end, the yes and no votes on all four were almost identical, suggesting voting was almost entirely on party lines. Turnout was low at 41%, suggesting interest wasn't that high and only the more committed partisan voters turned out. That being the case, the KMT didn't do too bad considering. Polling shows across the board that the DPP support is significantly higher than the KMT's, and a lot of polls double, and yet the KMT was able to mobilize enough of their supporters to come within a few percentage points of catching the DPP's lead though the low turnout ensured they would have lost regardless. This shows that the KMT did a better job of mobilizing their much smaller base of supporters than the DPP. That's not how the narrative is playing out, however. In August, when the referendum voting was originally supposed to take place, but was delayed due to the pandemic, polls had the KMT winning all four. And even recent polling suggested they would win between one and three. The results therefore, are viewed as the KMT having snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. KMT Chairman Eric Zhu, or Zhu Liluan, is the biggest loser. In his apology speech, he tried to lay the blame elsewhere. He said the result was a victory for a new autocratic government in Taiwan that pretends to be a democracy. He also said it was a defeat for civic groups and people who wish to deepen democracy. Zhu, noting that the results on all four were very close, hinted that the DPP had used their numerical dominance instead of tackling the issues, and that made it a, as he put it, caged plebiscite. None of these statements seemed geared toward winning independent voters, but undoubtedly went down well with the base. It's interesting to note that while this sort of green terror talk has been around at the margins of the KMT since at least 2000, it has become the norm in the last few years. Remember when Eric Jew was vague and wishy-washy in his attempts to be all things to all people? He at times still does a bit of that, but mostly now he's pandering straight to the base. I have no idea why. Surely he's smart enough and politically savvy enough to know how poorly that goes down with the rest of the electorate, but perhaps not, and he's so stuck in the internal KMT echo chamber he actually thinks the public wants to hear these things. Now, Zhu came to office already weak, having only won the chair position with less than 46% of the vote in a bruising three-way race in September, which you might recall I went into in considerable depth, over 10,000 words and many, many shows. Anyway, he promised victories ahead and a bright future for the party. He was initially buoyed by the successful recall of Taiwan State Building Party lawmaker Chen Bowei in Taichung. But this was Jew's first national test, and he lost it straight across the board. If both the Taichung by-election and the Freddie Lim recall go against the KMT, which, by the way, I think is quite likely, especially the Freddie Lim recall, Jew's going to be in trouble. 
Inside the pan blue camp, blame and accusations have been flying. Some have tried to pin the blame on the cold weather or even the breaking news of pop star Wang Lihong's alleged widespread infidelities, though why either would deeply or particularly depress turnout on the KMT side specifically wasn't exactly made clear. Perhaps only KMT supporters' hearts were broken by Wang, and they couldn't bear to face the cold in their anguish. More substantively, fingers have been pointed at traitors in the party like new Taipei Mayor Ho Yui and Taichung Mayor Lu Xiu Yen. Ho in the past has come out against restarting the fourth nuclear power plant in his city, but he did state he supported the KMT's call for reinstating the ban on ractopamine pork. However, prior to the vote, he penned a thousand-character message on Facebook where he called on voters to examine the issues and make their own informed decisions and to put the issues above other concerns, such as party lines. Ho, of course, has drawn the most ire from within the party, and some have called for him to be kicked out of the KMT. Others darkly hint he's another Li Denghui in the making, and plans to undermine the party for the benefit of ethnic Taiwanese over the interests of the mainlanders. Now, I put both Taiwanese and mainlanders in quotes, because I'm not very keen on those terms, but anyway. The problem for the party is that Ho is by far their most popular politician, and most opinion polls have him as the most popular politician in the country. For example, a recent ET Today poll has his favorability at 76.1%, far outstripping the second most popular politician, Vice President William Lai, or Lai Qingde, at 64.9%. By the way, as a side note here, Koenja came in at a surprisingly strong third just behind Lai, and Terry Go or Guo Taiming came in fourth. Wayne Jiang or Jiang Wanan came in fifth. Lu Xiaoyan came in eighth, and Eric Zhu at ninth. Pan Blue figures actually did fairly well in that poll, actually. Anyway, unsurprisingly, Eric Zhu hasn't backed calls for Ho's ouster. Ho has stated he's willing to take responsibility for the losses though it is unclear how much impact he really had on the results. What it did do, however, was underscore disunity in the KMT. For Jew, this must have been a particularly bitter pill to swallow, as Ho was his protege. Jew brought him into politics and into the party, and it was Ho who was tapped to fill Jew's shoes when Jew stepped down temporarily as new Taipei mayor to run for president in 2015 and 2016 which eventually helped propel Ho to win the mayorship on his own in 2018 when Zhu couldn't run again due to term limits. By the way, there were multiple deputy mayors Zhu could have picked from, but he went with Ho, and I wonder if he regrets that now. Ho's 1,000-word Facebook post was a political masterstroke and shows he's now determined to move onto the national stage. That's a big deal. It infuriated the KMT base, but endeared him to the broader public with his message of trust and faith in their judgment and underscoring his ongoing political theme of putting the interests of his constituents. And now, for the first time, the national electorate above partisan considerations. He has repeatedly bucked the party in the past and has mostly artfully ducked national political issues with vague comments and underscoring his commitment to his job as new Taipei mayor. No longer. 
Expect him to run for president in 2024. That's what this appears to be signaling. Also expect a lot of shows on him coming up. He's one to keep a close eye on. And if you've been a regular follower of the show, then you know we've been watching him closely for a while. I think he's right now the most talented politician in the country, though I still think it would be tough for him to win the presidency as a KMT candidate following the KMT's one China line. He'd probably have to change that or water it down. Taizhou's Lu Xiuyan threaded a finer needle than Ho. Bowing to the party, she publicly declared her support for the KMT line on all four referendum items, but also pointedly refused to show up for any KMT rallies, even in her own city. She also clearly seemed less than enthusiastic about the whole thing. It's not hard to see why. In practice, the proposed referendum supported by the KMT to halt the building of the liquid natural gas terminal in Taoyuan over environmental concerns about an algal reef was a trap for her politically. She campaigned on, and has staked her reputation as mayor on, reducing air pollution in Taichung. If that had passed, then the plans to phase out coal-fired units at the Taichung power plant would have been halted, and worse, some of the already retired units might have had to have been re-fired up to supply power up north. The plant is the largest single stationary source of air pollution in the country, and until only a few years ago was the largest coal-fired plant on the planet. At least, on that referendum item, she was likely pleased with the result. All right, that's it for today's show. I'm Donovan Smith. Be sure to tune in next time. A lot more shows coming up soon. Sean here. If you want to support more shows like this, simply go to patreon.com slash Taiwan Report. We also have carefully picked articles for you every day for free. Just visit our website, report.tw. We also have great new projects that we think you'll love, many of them coming out sometime in early 2022. Thank you very much for listening to our show. We hope you liked it. 哎呦,